0: Welcome to the Rider Realty Podcast. Many times buyers and sellers coming into the market don't know what to expect, have lots of questions, and don't know where to turn. That's where we come in. We want to be a resource to teach you the ins and outs of real estate, to help you be more informed, more comfortable, and feel confident that you've picked the right realtor. So sit back and enjoy today's content. Hey all you buyers and sellers out there. This week's episode is for both buyers and sellers. Sometimes I feel like they're more general where it's like today for buyers and sellers. Sometimes it feels like the messages of the podcast are more specifically for a buyer or a seller or maybe you know you're a downsizing buyer or it's a specific kind of buyer, but this time we're talking about a concept that's good for buyers and sellers to know, but we're kind of hitting it more from the buyer lens, but it will make sense for sellers as well. And sellers, especially if you're going to be buying a house after you sell your house, this can really make sense and be something useful. So what are we going to talk about today? What does it mean for the seller to pay your closing cost? Now, because I'm not a lender, I am very careful what I talk about and don't talk about, and sometimes actually a lot, you're probably are wishing I would give more information, but that's what you want to see a lender for. However, As a real estate agent, I do put into the purchase agreement if you want seller concessions, which is what that's called, and how much. So I have a lot, a lot, a lot of experience with this. And I'm going to give you some of that experience as I explain this. So here we go. So this would have been about 15 years ago. I was showing a house in a town nearby. And it was my listing and the buyers loved it. So I had not met these buyers before. They called on the sign, came to the house. They were super nice. And I said, are you having the seller pay your closing costs? Because by that time, I had been doing this for five or six years. So I knew kind of what, how to ask the questions to make sure I had it correct in the purchase agreement. So I said, Are you paying? Are you having the seller pay your closing costs? And the buyer said, I'm paying them. Well, I kind of could tell by his answer that he wasn't sure what I was talking about. And I kind of knew a little bit of their financial situation. So when he said, I'm paying them, I said, How? And he said, By putting them in my loan. And I said, So the seller is paying them. And he said, No, I'm paying them in my loan. And he was getting upset. I could tell. And before it got to some, crazy you know upset moment that it didn't need to me. Excuse me it didn't need to be. I said, let me see your pre-approval letter and he gave me the pre-approval letter and sure enough it said that the cl- closing costs were to be a seller concession. The problem is that there was a disconnect between the lender how the lender explained that to him and how he understood it and so that made a disconnect between he and I as we were discussing what exactly that meant. So now I am going to kind of explain that to you guys. So having the seller pay your closing costs from what I've seen are typically done um, for two reasons. Number one is the buyer does not have enough money for their down payment and their closing cost. So by having the seller pay their closing costs, they have their down payment money and they can move forward. Number two, it's often because a buyer wants to keep some money in reserves. Maybe they need to have some furniture or a washer and dryer. Maybe they know that the furnace might be out in a few years. Maybe they just want to have some savings accounts money to keep as a nest egg. No matter what, for whatever reason, they want to have money in reserve. So, a few other things to just explain about this. What would be the positive in terms of financially? And what would be the negative in terms of financially for putting your closing costs in your loan? We already talked about the positive of that is that it gives you a way to buy a loan if you only have the down payment money. Also, it allows you to keep some money in reserves. The negative is that when you wrap it in your loan, that means you're paying that money back to the bank over 15, 20, 30 years, whatever your loan term is. So you're actually paying interest on that money. So let's just say it was $5,000 of closing costs. If you pay it up front, yeah, you're out that $5,000 up front, but you aren't financing that over 30 years at whatever interest rates happen to be when you purchase your home. So that would be the negative. And that's why some people who have the choice to go either way will choose to go ahead and take the money out of their reserves and pay it because they don't want to feel like they're financing those costs. Again, there's not a right or a wrong way. It's just up to up to you. And I've seen people do both. So it really, heck, I've done both. So it really doesn't matter, but that's kind of how that works. But what you do have to remember is that seller concessions are not a traditional seller cost. So when a seller would get a net sheet, they're gonna see, okay, I'm getting an X amount for my house. And then I have you know, transfer tax and tax proration or title fees, t- commissions, whatever all those costs are. Those are all costs a seller is going to have if they list their house and they're selling wherever their home is. That's just normal stuff. But paying seller concessions, and then your closing costs as a buyer is not a normal cost. So, what that means is that they may want to be compensated for that so that they're not losing money because you're either choosing not to pay your cost or you can't pay them. So, you have to. Keep that in mind, that a full price offer, if they're paying your closing costs, is not a full price offer. So for example, you have buyer A and buyer B. Buyer A offers $100,000 for the house, but they want, and I'm just making up numbers here, $5,000 of seller concessions. Buyer B is offering $100,000 for the house, but they're paying their own concessions, their own closing costs. So can you see how that works? Buyer A is bringing an offer of $100,000 minus the $5,000 that the buyer is actually going to be able to use for their closing costs, which means their offer is $95,000. Buyer B has an offer of $100,000, and they're paying their own costs, so their offer is actually $100,000. It's so confusing. I think part of the reason it's confusing is because of the terms they use, but the other part is because how it has to be done. So a buyer can't just choose to like my buyer thought he could just choose to add x amount onto his loan amount. That's not how it works. Although honestly, it'd be way less confusing if that's how it could for buyers and sellers. What happens is you have to word it in a way and put it in the in the contract that the seller is willing to willing to pay x amount. And I think that's part of the confusion of why buyers might not realize that that's costing them money. And in the example that I just explained, with each offering a hundred thousand. In terms of the bank, a bank is fine with that. They just cut off you at certain percentages. So for example, different loan types can ask for different percentages as a maximum up to a certain percent. So that is how much you can ask for closing costs is going to depend on type of loan you're getting um, and then the purchase price amount, if it goes on percentages, and then also you know, how much you need. So some people might have part of the money or not all the money. Some might not have any. And also the fees of your bank. So if a bank has higher fees, you might have to borrow a little more than if they didn't. If they had lower fees or, you know, because some of that's going to vary. So it's really whatever is best for you. That's just how that works. Um, Your lender is the best resource for that. Uh, Without examples, specific examples, and without sitting in front of you just doing it over a microphone, it might not be super easy the way I explained it for you to understand. So definitely having a lender explain that to you, especially when they're seeing your financials right in front of them, is the best way to do that. I would say that nine times out of 10, a seller is going to be fine paying your concessions, just like I had mentioned earlier. It's just they want going to want a certain bottom line for that to happen. Although I do know the last couple of years, as the market was super hot, people were trying to not have the seller pay their concessions if possible because of multiple offers. That's what we saw around here, the area that we were working. I don't know if that's the case everywhere. Areas can be so different throughout the country, but that's what we saw. But I did have an example that I wanted to leave you with of a seller who said, I'm not paying them. And I just wanted to give you that example so you can see how that turned out. Um, and just kind of maybe solidify what, what we were learning here. So it was my first year in the business. Um, so this would have been almost 20 years ago. I met this super nice couple. This was when uh, floor time was a thing and they called about a house and I showed them the house. They ended up becoming dear friends. I listed their house. I was super excited to help them find their, they had been in their starter home. We were selling that to find their next home. But money was still a little tight, so there was not a bunch extra. They dumped a bunch of money into their starter house over the years they were there because it was more of a fixer upper. So they had down payment money. They had great credit. They had stable jobs, but they did not like literally did not have the money for their closing. So they found this house that they liked and it was very well taken care of. I think it was a one owner, maybe two, but I'm pretty sure it was a one owner. House was vacant. They were all excited to move into it. They had very specific things that they needed And then you just stay in a certain school district because their kids were in school. They did not want to move them. They also needed to um, specific price range. And they just wanted an upgrade house from what they had. But like I said, funds were tight. So they had options, but not not as many as they would have liked. So I saw this house, loved it. Like it checked every single box. Plus it was very move-in ready, very clean. And so they wrote the offer and they wrote that they needed a closing cost. And the seller told his agent, "I am not going to pay these costs." And the agent, who was awesome, is like, "Well, this is very normal right now that sellers are, you know, paying buyers closing costs." And his answer, his reason for not doing it, was literally nothing more than stubbornness. Because this is what he told his agent, who then relayed all this to me. He said. When I bought this house, I paid for all of my own closing costs. I am not paying for theirs. If they want my house, they're going to pay all of their own costs. And even his own agent was kind of like shocked by this. Like you're, you, they're giving you a good offer. You're netting X amount. Like this is a good thing. You know, your house is vacant. Let them buy it. And he refused. And they, like I said, like literally did not have money for closing costs. And so the deal didn't come together. But the crazy thing is that he didn't get any deal for quite a while. That house sat there, like literally a couple of months, because this is when you had listing agreements that were six months long and they were often renewed. And during that time, the house was vacant. So he's paying to heat an empty house, the taxes for it, the insurance for it. I don't know if he had a payment. I, I don't remember. I'm thinking he did not. But either way, he has all these extra expenses because he didn't want to pay a couple thousand dollars in closing costs. But the worst part is that when it finally did sell, because believe me, I was really curious at this point and I was keeping an eye on it. But when it finally did sell, it sold for less money than they had offered him. So not only by being stum- stubborn did he lose money by paying more in taxes insurance utilities because he still owned the home at a time when if he would have sold it to them they would have obviously owned it. He also took less money overall now I don't know when it finally did sell if he ended up not being so stubborn since since this was months down the road and paid the other closing costs or if he was still stubborn and just you know still made less money but either way that was just crazy to me that he was so stubborn about something that he lost extra money. And I know sellers don't love this. I've heard it before. Hey, I don't want to pay their closing costs, which is why I'm listing appointments. I make sure I explain this to sellers and what it looks like and why they have it. And they may not have to pay it, but, and I will tell them that story. I told that story so many times. I will tell them, but if that's the only way they can buy, so this is my message to you sellers, if that's the only way the buyer can buy, and they are a good buyer who wants your house. Let me tell you about a guy who didn't sell when he should have sold. Because you know what? Within a couple of weeks, those buyers found something else because that guy would not change his mind. They closed on it very quickly in the normal time frame, had a great lender. They were great buyers and then ended up finding the house they have been in ever since then. So that is my like little warning story, mostly to sellers, but also kind of an interesting story to hopefully let buyers see kind of how that works. So I hope that you have a great day, a great evening, that this kind of makes sense to you, how this works. And until next time, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can help you with, please reach out. All of our contact information is on the show notes. Have a blessed day.